Welcome to the NASPP's Equity Expert Podcast Series. My name is Kathleen Cleary, and I'm the Education Director for the NASPP. Today, we're going to be discussing financial planning strategies for employees, and I'll be speaking with Bruce Brumberg, Editor-in-Chief and Co-Founder, MyStackOptions.com and MyNQDC.com. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that this podcast is actually one of a series of podcasts on various interesting and educational topics primarily related to equity and careers in equity. You can access our entire podcast series at naspp.com forward slash equity expert and that's all one word and you can also subscribe to the podcast series and then you'll get an email whenever we post a new episode. So as I mentioned, today we'll be speaking with Bruce Brumberg, Editor-in-Chief and Co-Founder of MyStockOptions.com, which is the premier provider of web-based educational content and tools on stock options, ESPPs, restricted stock and RSUs, performance shares, and stock appreciation rights. This award-winning online resource center has received a patent and been featured in publications ranging from the San Francisco Chronicle to Money Magazine. Human Resource Executive Magazine selected MyStockOptions.com as one of the 10 best HR products of the year. CPA Wealth Provider Magazine has selected MyStockOptions.com Pro as one of the best products for financial advisors. Bruce is also a past president of the Boston NASPP chapter, a member of the NESPP Advisory Board and a contributor to the NESPP's Stock Plan Advisor newsletter. Welcome to the podcast, Bruce. Thanks so much for being here today. Well, thanks, Kathleen, for inviting me to talk about financial education and financial communications related to stock compensation. It's one of my favorite topics, along with uh, maybe the Red Sox and the Patriots and tennis and biking and stuff like that, too. Well, those are great topics. I don't know if our listeners would find those as educational as equity compensation, but uh, yeah, definitely financial planning for employees is such an important topic. I know you work very hard to help employees understand uh, equity compensation in general, as does the NASPP, and it's so important for employees to understand and incorporate equity compensation in their financial planning so that they can maximize their returns. Too often they don't even understand their awards, much less incorporate them into an overall financial plan, which just causes them to, you know, make mistakes and not really reap the rewards. So let's start with that, Bruce. What are some of the mistakes that you see employees and executives making with their stock compensation, and and why do they make those mistakes? Well, I mean, mistakes begin right from the beginning with not knowing exactly what type of award that you have. So many people use the word stock options to cover all types of equity compensation and uh, ESCPs, but you have to know what kind of award you have. Is it actually a stock option? And if it is, is it an incentive stock option or a non-qualified stock option? Or is it really a restricted stock, restricted stock units, or a performance share? So let's begin by making sure you know exactly what you have. And then you want to know what you have to do to keep it. You know, that's a mistake people make. They don't quite get vesting. So, you know, how long do you have to work with a company to actually vest in that grant so you either can exercise them with their options or they're or automatically vest at the restricted stock units? And then uh, you have to figure out right from the beginning, too, whether you need to accept the grant. You have to open up a brokerage account. The, you know, the vesting is about to occur, so you can actually get the shares. Another mistake I see, you don't understand the, the tax treatment or even the difference between what's 
referred to as pre-tax value, which is before you consider the taxes, and post-tax value, and then plentiful tax return reporting mistakes. In fact, on mystockoptions.com, we have a tax center, with a special section on reporting company stock sales, which is very, very popular tax return time because people make so many mistakes in reporting um, stock sales on their tax return. People don't get what happens you know, when they terminate employment or that there actually is a term for stock options and they let stock options go you know, on exercise. And of course, they don't think of it as part of a financial plan. It's you know, a cliche is sometimes used that you you know you view it as a lottery ticket or or just a paycheck supplement, and you don't really give it a place in your financial plan. Um, and then if you have a lot of it, and um, you know you have some companies who've recently gone public, uh, where employees do have a lot of that company stock or stock compensation, or someone who's been there a lot of years and is a senior executive. Another mistake is just to be over concentrated in your company stock. So that's just a list of, you know, some of the mistakes people make and, you know, some of the things they need to think about. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly one of our core, our core values is educating people on equity, just as you do, Bruce. So I've heard the term goals-based planning. What does that mean and how does that apply to stock compensation? You know, I, I found through the years that some of the, the happiest you know, employees with their stock compensation are those that set a goal for their equity compensation. And it could be, I want so much lump sum money to put away for retirement. Or I have this great dream vacation that I've, you know, planned to uh, South America or, um, you know, your kid's wedding or a, a big house renovation to redo your kitchen or going on not only this big trip, but, um, you know, putting in a whole new patio in your backyard. And those listening in shouldn't think that I'm talking about my financial goals here. But the idea is you, you've set this goal. And so when your stock price reaches the right point, so you, you, know, you can sell your company's stock um, or you can exercise your options and sell the company's stock or the ESPP shares you have, and you do when you get those proceeds, that's kind of goal-based planning. You set goals and you put different sources of money into almost buckets sometimes for those goals too. So you can say, okay, uh, my um, you know 401k or my non-qualified deferred compensation, which is uh, that kind of plan lets you to put away even more for retirement. We actually have a separate site on that called myNQDC.com. So anyone who can participate in those kind of plans may want to check out that site. And so you can say your stock compensation, well, I want to use it for one of those goals, that home renovation, that big trip, or that big additional college funding amount. And so that's really what goals-based planning is. You have that house purchase, uh, that house, big house down payment. You have maybe that fancy car, that's all right. But it's really setting savings goals, setting financial goals, and targeting your equity comp for that, and then being happy with it. So if the stock price keeps going up, that's just the way it goes. But um, if it doesn't, then um, you'll feel happy you made the right decision. So this is the way you sort of have to blend in the thinking about it. Yeah, I think by doing some of that planning and setting some goals, it becomes less of a lottery ticket and more incorporated in uh, your financial well-being overall. So that's uh, great guidance. You mentioned some of the issues around employees uh, understanding their awards. What do you see as some of the core facts and issues that employees should understand before, you know, restricted stock vesting or an option exercise, maybe before they enroll in an ES? PP or somehow sell company stock. One thing I actually wanted to add in going back to some of those goals, because, you know, as you were 
give me your introduction to this question, I was thinking about other goals people have, and sometimes it's, it's also a charitable goal, and that's fine too. Don't think your, your goals that you're setting, this goal-based planning just has to be related to something personal for you and your family. I think more and more you're starting to see people who've created substantial amount of wealth from their executive compensation, the stock compensation, to have philanthropic goals and to um, make stock grants to various charities and nonprofits, either directly or through a foundation or a donor-advised fund. So getting back to some of the facts, now that, you know, that's, as I'm saying, you know, where I said the mistake was in the first question, those are kind of the, you know, the, the things you need, you need to know about, um, you know, from right from the beginning, um, you have to obviously know, you know, what kind of grant you have, and you have to know what the tax treatment is in terms of what happens at exercise, if it's an option or a purchase with any SVP or at sale with any kind of equity compensation or investing. And you have to make sure that the withholding amount is correct because companies have flat rates that they use for uh, supplemental income withholding. Some will use your W-4 rate, but some won't. So you got to make sure you, if, if the rate for withholding is too low, you're putting uh, aside extra money to be able to pay that. Or you may have to set up uh, a system where you're paying actually estimated taxes. And so that that's something you you have to be aware of. It's good that you know get your tax advisor involved or or check out some of the resources that we have on mystockoptions.com that sort of explain some of these tax rules. Um, you also have to know some of your company rules, which are very specific. I mean, more and more companies are um, very clear about having window periods when you can sell the stock and periods where you cannot sell the stock uh, because they want to make sure there's no insider trading that goes on, whether it be uh, intentional insider trading or the perception of insider trading. Uh, companies feel that around certain time periods is more likely people know material non-public information, so the trades are actually blocked. Um, and you may have to go through a pre-clearance procedure, and based on how high you are within the company, there also may be um, ownership requirements that you have to maintain You know, after the shares vest. You have to keep a certain percentage of them. So these are really some of the, some of the things that you need to keep in mind. And it, and it can also, again, depend on the level of employee you you have at the company. I mean, I would say in some ways, you know, three or four what's like, I need to know what I have. I need to know when I get it, meaning like, when does it vest? I need to know what I need to do. And I need to know what the taxes are. And um, if you know those, then you're, you're understanding, you know, the core fundamentals of the grant you're getting. The next what is, you know, what do I now do with it? Do I sell it? Do I keep it? Do I invest it? Do I use the proceeds for something else? Um, that's more of a financial planning question. But those other what's that I'm saying, that's what you need to know, uh, you know, initially to really get some value out of the grant and not make mistakes. Yeah, that's for sure. And some of those need to know, like you mentioned, you know, trading windows and stock ownership requirements. Those just make the case for additional planning. Those are things you really have to plan around and make sure you incorporate those when you're setting these goals as well. So let me ask you this, Bruce, about 10 years ago, the financial crisis happened and there was a huge drop in stock prices. I know we hate to talk about this even, but prices have dramatically climbed since those lows in uh, early 2009. And executives, and most especially executives, but also employees might have concentrated positions in their company stock due to all these equity programs. Is that a good idea? Well, I mean, right now, you know, the stock market, you know, is doing well. And, uh, you know, it's very tempting to say, why don't I just keep, you know, holding on to my shares, um, you know, holding on to my unexercised stock options or my ESCP shares and not sell them. 
And, you know, concentration is often seen like a double-edged sword in a sense. I mean, real wealth is created by having concentrated wealth. I mean, you look at the founders of companies and sort of early employees have created tremendous wealth or even small business owners by owning a good chunk of their company's stock. But things can go, you know, drastically wrong. I mean, what can work out for one company, you know, for many, many other companies does not work out at all because the stock prices drop. So the general advice is, you know, to make sure you're not over-concentrated in company stock. Now, how to calculate that concentration, there's not 100% agreement or what percentage means you're over-concentrated. Some people may say it's, you know, 10% of your net worth is in company stock or 20% of your net worth is in company stock if you have other hard investments like real estate. And what do you do about the value of unexercised stock options or, you know, anticipated annual grants you're going to be getting a restricted stock unit? You know, where does where does that fit in? But it's good to remember that, you know, whether you look at 2000 or uh, technology stocks would happen or 2008, 2009 with the the whole stock market, particularly financial stocks, um, you can see that, you know, that's a painful drop. And a lot of these um, equity investments, particularly stock options as a grant, are very um, volatile in value. You know, it can take just a small increase in stock price for the options to be worth a lot. And it can take, you know, a small increase. In, in restricted stock for it to be worth a reasonable level, but a drop, particularly if you have stock options, is even is even more painful. So you just have to be sensitive to that and, and to various diversification approaches, um, how comfortable you deal with risk, uh, realizing that um, if you may be getting annual grants, but still if the value of those current grants you have drops, how are you going to feel about that? You know, how close are you to retirement? If you're someone who's actually planning to sell and you have a lot of stock and you're often subject to you know blackout periods, and pre-clearance rules, you do want to look into what's called a Rule 10b-51 trading plan. So let's say you say, hey, I am over-concentrated in company stock. I am going to sell you know, 2,000 shares every month for the next year. If you do that and you've decided to do that for diversification purposes, put that in writing, set up a Rule 10b-51 trading plan, and that would allow you to still sell the stock even though you may come across material non-public information at that time. Right. Yeah. Rule 10B-51 plans are really becoming popular, not just for executives, but for employees in general. And that's a good way, like you said, to sell some company stock and maybe invest elsewhere. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, diversification. Uh, What might be some other diversification approaches that employees could take? Well, you know, at at one level, it's just selling stock, saying I'm not comfortable owning uh, this percentage of company stock, this percentage of my net worth in company shares, because I also work at the company, I may have shares in my 401k, I expect to get an annual grant every year. Um, so that's a straightforward approach. You can also gift those shares to um, family members or, or set up various trusts as part of a more sophisticated financial planning strategy. You also could uh, be charitably inclined, set up charitable trusts or a charitable foundation or a donor advised fund or just donate stock directly. So those are just ways to just diversify without anything that may be called like a hedging strategy, um, you know, buying puts and calls or prepaid forwards. There's various other things. There's a, actually a stock protection fund concept that allows you to still keep your shares but get protected on the downside. A company called Stock Shield has, has that, that product that I've become familiar with. So you have to, um, you know, evaluate all these different strategies. The more wealth you have in your company stock, the higher income, the more opportunities you will have uh, because some of those strategies have a cost. And those financial advisors and brokers that market some of these strategies would be 
will be interested in talking to you. You always want to get your tax advisor involved because you want to make sure you're not triggering an immediate taxable event, and you want to make sure you understand what what strategies will um, trigger taxes, what strategies will defer taxes, and even some strategies. If you should happen to have what's called qualified small business stock, and that stock you got when the company was private. Uh, worth you know less than fifty million dollars, um, and you've held it more than five years. Those kind of shares, if you sell it, you actually have a zero capital gains tax. So you got to get um, a very qualified uh, tax and financial advisor involved. Well, we have articles and FAQs and tools on mystockoptions.com to help with some of this. But if you're really concerned about concentrated stock and you're about to implement a strategy, it, you know it goes beyond sort of uh, relying on educational resources that you have online. You want to get your own advisor to work with and your own CPA who's experienced in the taxes and the financial planning of equity compensation. And that kind of leads into the next question I wanted to ask you. What have you found is effective for communicating and educating and coaching employees on not just the fundamentals of their awards, but some financial planning and certainly tax considerations? You know, the first thing is that Individuals with equity grants, whether they be someone who is at you know the rank and file, you know employee level, working on the factory floor, or it's a senior executive, they have to say, I need to know more about this. And even though they may have an advisor, they have to have a core amount of knowledge. Just like you would be concerned about your health and actually have an illness, and you would go online or you read books or you try to get expert information that you could learn before you talk to your doctors and other medical experts, you have to take the same attitude about equity compensation. You have to want to be educated yourself, and that means you're going to have to spend a little bit of time. There's going to be a lot of time, um, you know, reading some resources and listening to podcasts like this and, you know, watching videos, you know, whatever technique works for you. And that's one thing I often say for companies, too, is that, you know, you want to deliver um, equity comp education in various forms. Uh, because people absorb information in different ways. And, and, you know, sometimes I hear people don't read anymore. I mean, we find through mystockoptions.com, that's not true at all. You know, when people are really interested in information, they're going to read and they're really looking for credible information. Um, so as a company, you want to have certain things available. You want to have online access. You may want to have, you know, um, monthly email newsletters. You may want to have, you know, seminars and webinars. Um, you may want to have experts coming in and giving giving presentations and you want to do all this in multiple formats you know again on the web with articles and FAQs and videos and podcasts and quizzes we actually find through mystockoptions.com our quizzes are a very good way they're very interactive and engaging and get people into get people into the content so you have to try these different methods as a company to educate employees and executives, and as an individual, you have to sort of take it upon yourself um, to learn at least the fundamentals, um, you know, some of the sort of the what's and the why's that I've been talking about um, in this podcast, you want to be able to, you know, learn about that. And then when you do have a financial advisor that you may be working with, or even if you're making your own decisions, you know what questions to ask, you know what things to, to look into. Um, I find also that um, there's certain more teachable moments, you know, when someone gets a grant for the first time or when there's a vesting period coming up or it's tax season or it's year-end planning, you know, or they're thinking of making a, you know, charitable donation. That's when people seem to be, you know, very interested in getting more education and learning more about it. 
And of course, tax season for uh, tax planning is is a great time. And having been on the company side, it's really, um, I guess it shouldn't be surprising, but providing some of this tax planning, financial planning uh, to employees is really a motivational tool. And that's what these awards are all about anyway. So it on the company side, taking some time and maybe a, an extra investment really will be worthwhile. I mean, a lot of studies have shown and various stock plan providers, brokerage firms will come out with them, that when an employee understands their grant, they appreciate it a lot more. And when they don't understand it, they don't appreciate it. So companies are get, taking a fairly large expense on their P&L for these stock grants, and so they want to be doing education so they're getting not just financial value at it, but their employees are really getting the, their own financial value and it, it retains and motivates and helps recruit employees. Exactly. Companies have already taken the expense of the grants. And then when I talk to people and they say, oh, we have options expiring and exercised, I just think, oh, gosh, you really missed an opportunity. The employee didn't place any value on that award, so it didn't incentivize them at all. So, Bruce, there's a lot of talk about financial wellness. What does that mean, and how can it be integrated into a company's stock plan education efforts? Yeah, that's something that a lot of companies are looking at doing themselves or with a third-party provider like the broker, the brokerage firm. I mean, it's the same concept as just physical wellness. Uh, you want to know your financial situation. You know, you may be concerned about your financial situation. You may be stressed out about it. So companies want to be able to provide some type of general financial education. And each company is different in terms of that spectrum of where it goes from education to guidance to advice and whether they like uh, to provide advice in areas beyond the 401k area. Because the 401k area, companies have to provide more advice, but in the stock plan area, they don't have to. But in general, employees are going to be happy. They're going to be more productive. They're going to be more loyal. You know, if they, if they know they're making progress on achieving their financial goals, particularly if it's being funded with benefits from the company like equity compensation. So, um, you know, financial wellness programs, they also can help reinforce this message that your company cares about, you know, employees' well-being and their financial future. And it can just settle people in terms of what their financial stresses and concerns are. Again, it's, you know, it's up to the employee to, you know, the, the executive to fully absorb it, you know, and to sort of take advantage of it. But companies have made financial wellness and financial education much more of a priority. They're concerned about whether you are recent uh, hire and you have a lot of student debt or whether you're an uh, employee or executive close to retirement and you have a lot in your 401k or non-qualified deferred comp and your, your outstanding stock grant. You know, they want to make sure that, you know, you're maximizing the value of those grants and those benefit packages that they make available to you. At the same time, ultimately, it is up to the individual to, you know, want to learn and want to be and get engaged by this, this information. Yes, that's true. You do have to extend a little bit of effort. And Bruce, you mentioned um, your brokers. For um, people listening who might be on uh, the company side looking for programs for your employees, reach out to your brokers, your service providers. You might be surprised that they have an awful lot of tools that they can offer to your employees, and it may not even cost your company any money. So that's a really good place to start. Well, Bruce, it looks like we're uh, reaching just about time here. Any final thoughts as we begin to wrap up this podcast? 
Well, um, you know, thank you very much for you know wanting to hear some of my views. You know, mystockoptions.com. It's it's getting close to 20 years. Um, you know, since the website went live, and we work with different companies and stock plan providers and brokers, and you know, we've definitely gotten you know various insights into um, you know the strong importance of you know equity compensation, whether it be stock options or restricted stock or ESPPs. In, in, in people's lives, um, at the same time, for them to maximize the value of it, to really appreciate, it, they they need to think about this kind of education. And companies need to be making these type of you know educational efforts, um, so that you know everyone can really see the true value and what they're getting. Yes, as you mentioned, there have been multiple studies that have shown that employees who own stock in the company are much more motivated and uh, loyal to the company. You're going to say the company saves a lot of money in turnover uh, by motivating their employees with uh, stock compensation, assuming the employees understand it. Well, Bruce, I think this was a really informative podcast. I know I always love it when I learn something. So uh, thanks so much for uh, sharing your time and your expertise with our audience today. I just want to also thank everyone who listened in. And remember that you can access all the podcasts in the Equity Expert series at nespp.com forward slash Equity Expert. Thank you again, Bruce. And thank you to everyone listening.